everybody. Welcome to the Mirandas. Uh, yeah, we're, we are back for And Just Like That, episode six, Diwali. <laughs> which, if any Office fan, which you know Gilly and I are, this was an amazing episode title. Diwali. Festival of Lights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I immediately think of The Office. Oh, this whole time I thought of The Office. So many of like the, the little Diwali references. Um, and we have a, I don't know if I should say great episode, but you know, a, 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 a good an episode. And we have a great <laughs> guest with us today. We have Jen with us. So welcome, Jen. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm a big fan of the pod. I've listened to every single episode and I'm really excited to be here. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> We're excited. so happy you're here, Jen. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have, yeah, this episode was kind of, I don't know. I had, this was an interesting episode. Do you want to do a quick, like, quick recap, Sarah? Okay, let's do it. So, per usual, because at this point, like, I think most people who are listening, I think have, like, honestly have stopped watching I think a fair amount of people have stopped watching I definitely received a I can't do this anymore text (laughs) yesterday I'm sorry I can't don't hate me yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly I wonder what the viewer like what the ratings are so curious you know what look into that you're right I really don't know when I was on the sex in the city subreddit today and it is a (laughs) very divisive community because there are oh my god I bet who particularly around the conversations of gender identity and wokeness who are really upset with Sex and the City fans who are making fun of that and who are saying like, (laughs) if you really were an inclusive person, you wouldn't care that they were being woke. And I'm like, you know, just it's a lot. (laughs) So the the Reddit, the Reddit page for Sex and City is very interesting. And I actually have some screenshots I'm going to share on the Instagram. Yeah, but like the the irony is that like they're completely commodifying the wokeness i mean this is all the show is for sale so like yeah so uh, say what you want but like wokeness isn't supposed to be like that i guess i mean i don't fucking know what it is anymore (laughs) i I, I know and then when i was reading through the comments i didn't even know where i where i was where i stood within the conversation (laughs) i was like well i don't want to be a bad person i don't want to be anti in inclusive because I really identify as a really inclusive person and a champion of people like on all identities. And then I was like, fuck this, like, fuck Che. I don't like Che. I don't like this nonsense. So I think what it is, is, you know what it is? It's like, obviously we're inclusive people. I think what it is, is that I don't, I don't, I truly do not like watching people like pat themselves on the back. Like that's it. Point blank. Like it's really hard for me to watch people like self-congratulate and I think that's what like they're doing like SJP is doing and they have a fucking podcast too you know that you see at the end of each episode they're like you know listen to the podcast it's like I want to listen to the succession podcast I don't want to listen to your podcast well actually I kind of do I kind of do just because I want to be like what were the writers thinking like I want to listen to the rationalize the terrible writing the terrible storylines so Jen that leads me perfectly to a little summary of this episode and truly what I can say here is like the you know in, in, in each episode the characters deal with conflict was Carrie's conflict like they had a plot point of just 
beeping in an apartment, just like a beeping, like an alarm going off. Oh my God, I'm so glad you pointed that out. Is this where we are within the series that this is now where we've dedicated time into this for Carrie to investigate a noise? So it was so mundane and I I literally thought it was like a performance art piece. Like I literally was just like, I don't know why I'm like, I am. I also felt like, like I'm a voyeur. I was like, why am I watching someone just deal with shit in their New York city apartment right now? I know. And like, it's in the, <laughs> in the comparison to what, um, you know, Miranda is going through, which is kind of a life altering <laughs> thing in which, you know, um, coming to terms with maybe a new uh, part of herself an identity, a marriage possibly ending. And then we've got Carrie who, and maybe I'm getting my head of myself with this Carrie tracker. I don't need professional help. I've got you guys. Yeah, for about another 10 minutes. With when she talks to Anthony, Never. she's like, well, yes. you know, Shine, maybe I shouldn't get ahead of myself, but just we'll get there. Carrie's problems are so mundane. So let's do a quick recap of this. It's so funny that that's your carry tracker because my carry, I have another carry tracker that was just so, oh. it was like a bullet to the heart. I was yeah. just like, we'll let Jen um, share her carry tracker because I always love to hear when the listeners, you know, use our little... <laughs> Absolutely. Devices. Should I start with my, I'm sure we, I all have like a lot of notes on this. The main thing I want to talk about Do it. Is, Get in there. First of all, casually buying what has to be at least a $10 million apartment. That new casual. apartment that she bought. Casual. And when she, it's interesting because she's so narcissistic, but she was like, oh, I just felt so bad. Simo's dragging me around. So let me buy an apartment <laughs> because I feel bad for my real estate agent. And um, I did the math. So she said 46 showings in three months. That's four showings a week. And if she's buying, I also did some um, research. If you're buying an over $5 million apartment in New York, generally the commission is like 5%. So if she, if Seema is making 5% off of a $10 million deal, she's making half a million dollars in three months for four showings a week. Like, I was like, Carrie, it's your money. Like that. It's just well, we so get why she's to going to the orthopedic, you know, chiropractor now. Like she, Carrie is bankrolling her. <laughs> just like we get the fast friendship. Oh my God. First off, amazing numbers. We Yeah, we love seeing more of our listeners and come on the pod and make us look smart because Sarah and I just Stop. speculate. I think you guys have really smart insights. But I was uh, just doing the math on what SEMA would be making for her. So let's say conservatively, if her uh, apartment that she had with Big was $5 million and then let's just say really conservatively, this new modern apartment was $5 million. And then, of course, she wants to then sell it. So that's three transactions. That would be minimum. She's Seema would be making three quarters of a million dollars off of Carrie in one year. So no wonder Seema was like, yeah, sell it. Yeah, we'll sell it. Yeah. I, when I love when it. Carrie like, was like upset. With we'll the sell apartment. it. You got to love where you live. And Dakota just turns to me. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say that when you were before you signed the papers for this god awful apartment, which looks like out of American Psycho. It has no character. It's just so I know harsh and cold. And so, so I agree. I totally understand with Carrie. Like for me, I do not understand why she lives in a white box. Like it's all white, and even the view like of the Hudson is like all white. Like the sky is there. And but the thing is that was just like so irritating about. Again, this whole like reboot of the franchise is that literally they can go all day long about trying to be like woke and politically forward and progressive and all that. But we have to sit down and watch Carrie be inconvenienced by a $10 million apartment on 
uh, on the West Side Highway, like looking on the Hudson River, like as if that's a problem. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I do feel for her for losing big. I get it. But like, I literally do not care that you're like, you know, I don't know. Like, I just don't care that you have a diaper rash about your expensive apartment and you're just kind of hot and bothered about it. Like, deal. Fucking deal. Yeah. It was it was hard to watch the privilege in this episode with Carrie and the buying of the apartment, particularly during, like, the pandemic and the housing and just, like, oh how God, out of touch, so right. like, with the 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 show is right now and she has that like, backup apartment trying to be so woke that's yeah. so out of I know. touch and we've talked about this that they're incredibly woke but they're never going to be woke about money and because yeah. the world that they sell on sex in the city is just so unreal and yet they're trying to yeah. tap into like very real issues on the show and it's just this juxtaposition one thing before i forget just because you brought up Seema and the real estate and what she's making. So on last week's episode, we mentioned we were really confused by their relationship, Seema and Carrie, the closeness of a real estate agent and a client. Yeah. And so I had one of our um, fans, which I'd like to say, reach out to us on our Instagram and she DM'd me and Ooh. she let me know that real estate agents do become best friends with clients and that her family, her mom became best friends with their real estate agent after they sold their house. Um, and I was like, okay, so here's this uh, Casey, she she told me this, and I hadn't really heard of this happening before. Then this weekend, I'm at my sister's baby shower, and I had done all the table settings, and I didn't recognize this name. And this person, Liz, sat across from me, and I was like, oh, how do you know my sister? It's my sister's real estate agent. So I was like, what is happening? Oh, <laughs> so oh my God. And she and was nice. the sweetest, nicest person. Yeah. And she was like, it's so hard to meet friends, you know, after 30, which I totally get. And, mm-hmm. you yes. know, you sometimes just make friends with people when you do real estate. So are we were very wrong when we or when I commented on what Seaman carries relationship. So maybe it does make sense that they're friends. And as what Jen said, she's also making fucking bank with Carrie. Yeah. And, and also they're both single women yes. over the age of 55. And so that's something unique to bond over. Absolutely. And also, I mean, on that line, real estate, uh, being a real estate agent is like networking, like how you get business. And so it makes sense to try to build friendships and get more business. Yeah. I thought it was really weird. Did anyone think that they CGI'd the Hudson River when Seema was like out on the deck? Yes. That looked Definitely. so fake. I don't know. It looked Ooh. like Game of Thrones. At first I was like, <laughs> are they in Brooklyn? Like, yeah. it didn't look like New Jersey. <laughs> Jersey's, is that Hoboken? Like, yeah. I also love that they mentioned, they, they mentioned her living like by the Hudson River and that she's the best swimmer out of everybody. Yes, I, I had a note on that. I was like, that makes no sense. Is Carrie and athletic? Then- like, what? <laughs> She can wear stilettos for hours and sprint in them. <laughs> or the and, kayaking. Like, but I loved yeah. when uh, Miranda's like, and you have a breeze. And Carrie was like, it's not the Caribbean, it's Paramus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that line. Okay, that that is pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think. We have a couple of, I'm going to say we have two or three plot points this episode. Where should we start? Should we talk about? I mean, I kind of want to just get into the Che because speaking of all white apartments, I was dying at the like all white, like we're in heaven, the good place type of flashbacks that Miranda was having with her um, 
sexual experience with Che. And it, it was like all white background. It just, <laughs> I know. It, it felt like they were in heaven. I was just like, I don't know if that was a good aesthetic choice. You're right. That was a little bit <laughs> odd, but I guess they wanted to make it clear that she was daydreaming. And yeah. so I guess they got that point across. And, and before we really dive into this, you know, plot point of Miranda, Che, Miranda essentially coming out to Charlotte and Carrie at a picnic, I guess. Um, Cynthia Nixon directed this episode. Yes. So what are your what are your thoughts, guys, on that? Jen, what do you think? I mean, as far as I'm not, I don't really have much experience in cinematography. So as far <laughs> as uh, the directing, I, I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more of like the writing and the plot points. And that obviously is beyond her control. So yeah. yeah, I think it was fine. I didn't have any like, wow, they really zoomed in too long in that shot. It, it looked like a nicely directed episode, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess. Yeah. So kind of interesting. And this is another thing from our Instagram. And I hope that I can get the right person's name. But um, interesting that Cynthia directed this episode because this has this really monumental scene between Charlotte and Miranda when they're talking about Miranda and her identity. And it didn't necessarily feel like Miranda and Charlotte. It felt like a conversation Mm. Cynthia Nixon has probably had to have with a lot of people, which is defending who she is. And I was really thinking about this, that, you know, Cynthia Nixon was with a man for quite a long Mm -hmm. time and then is dating somebody who's non-binary. And Mm -hmm. so this this was really uh, it was a pretty powerful moment. I think Mm -hmm. Charlotte kind of um, did a good job of, of, Mm -hmm. you know, calling Miranda out in all the ways that Cynthia Nixon probably was called out. I'm assuming this dialogue was like deeply informed by a personal experience. Was question was um was it an affair when um Cynthia Nixon met her partner? I don't know about that, but someone on our Instagram and I really want to find their name because I love when people post mentioned that the only way that Cynthia Nixon was going to do the reboot was if Miranda ended up being queer. So yes, because Cynthia is a producer on the show, this was a, this was going to always be the plot point for Miranda. Um, so I just thought that was really interesting um, that, you know, Cynthia Nixon has obviously had a ton of say in this character. Yeah. And- I can just see SJP, like, in her, like, West Village or, like, Tribeca apartment, like, having Cynthia Nixon over, and she's, like, whipping up, like, a dressing to put over Arugula, and then she's like, yeah, so, I, I, yeah, Cynthia, like, tell me, tell me your thoughts. What what do you, what do you envision for the character? And I can just see Cynthia like explaining all of the, what you said, and Sarah Jessica Parker being like, mm, "Yes." And then mm. she's like, "Get Sarah Mears yes. on the phone immediately." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "I want to hook up with her in the scene." Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it was uh, jo- Joanne was the one who wrote this. Um, her, her name's Joanne, and she's from one of our our fans of the pod, and so she wrote that little comment about um, Cynthia Nixon. So yeah, I thought that scene was super interesting at the picnic. And I'm trying. And one of my, the lines that I just think has to be our Mirandaism for the episode, for better or worse, is <laughs> it feels good to be sarcastic. It's not an affair. It's a finger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have that as my Miranda sarcasm too. It's. I'm so glad that you flagged that as well. Yeah, and so Sarah, I thought that was really good insight because I thought Charlotte was so harsh and like, yes, obviously your friend shouldn't have an affair, and you can address that and 
but your friend is having a crisis and is coming out of the closet to you and you're being so mean. Mm-hmm. And she was yelling at her and Sarah Jessica Parker just like, cheese. <laughs> She's like staying out of it. I find it a bit incredulous that both like Charlotte, like that, that, Che is so cool and quote charismatic that she seeped into both Miranda and Charlotte's like psyche during the REM cycle. (laughs) But Charlotte was like, oh, I had a sex dream. We're on a ferry. And it's like, Charlotte, that's that's not a sex dream. She was just in your dream. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's like much. Um, It's funny that you mentioned the the cheese part, because this actually leads me to like one of my care, one of the big Carrie trackers of the episode, which is um, when Carrie says, so, no, oh, Chris, uh, Charlotte says like, Carrie, this is like a big deal. And then she's like, no, uh-huh. big dying is something. This is, well, I don't know what this is. I was like, oh my God. That was my Carrie tracker. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. This Th- is, as I said, I don't know what this is. Yeah. Just, and then when- yeah. Uh, Carrie, sorry, when um, Miranda and uh, Charlotte are yelling at each other and Charlotte's like, you're not progressive enough for this. I was like, what the fuck? Your political leanings have no relation to your gender identity or sexual identity. Like, look at Caitlyn Jenner. She's a Trump supporter. I I just thought that was also just such a cruel thing to say. Yeah. And I I just thought Charlotte handled this whole (laughs) scene really poorly. But again, Sarah, I think your insight was really good. I thought... It was Miranda's experience of what's probably really accurate reactions from friends. It's and which is sad. Oh, I mean, the the line was so perfect with when Charlotte said, so are you gay? Are you straight? You've been with men your whole life. Like that has to be verbatim what Cynthia Nixon yes. has experienced. And probably yes. a lot of people who go into different types of like maybe non-heteronormative relationships have to face, which is like, I'm not gay. I'm not straight. Like maybe I'm queer. I don't know what this, what this is. It's just yeah. different than what I've done in the past. Um, but sorry, Gail, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that um, there is another like great Charlotte line. And it made me think of like the last two episodes when Rose comes out as Rock or has chosen to be named Rock. And I love that Charlotte said, I want to understand. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I just really liked that line because I don't know, like for me... For me, it showed that she likes how much she cares about her friends and she wants to be there for them um, and that she wants to understand. Now, I guess it's a matter of like actually being so open where you can like make a room for maybe tough, more nuanced ideas at age in your mid 50s. But um, I think that, you know, by the end of that whole interaction at the picnic, um, the the girls seem to like hug it out and they clearly want to be there for Miranda. And they also clearly like care about Steve's yeah. wellness. Like they've known Steve for years now. I really liked it when um so when Miranda stormed off and Carrie went after her and said, We've already lost Samantha. I'm not losing you too. Like come back and we're gonna work this out. And I thought that was a nice a nice moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. And what you what you said just said, Gil, about, you know, Charlotte talking about, um, like, I want to understand. And then she also makes a comment that I think a lot of 
fans of the series have really been talking about, which is what is wrong with people staying who they were. And we talked about this so much in the podcast that we're kind of mourning the characters that were in Sex and the City. And, and in just like that, it's just not, they're not the same characters. And so maybe that was like a a lesson to, I feel like there was actually a lot of like breaking the fourth wall in this scene where then they start to go Botox and you have like, you know, like what's wrong with a little this or that and people making comments. Like it felt like it was like the actresses that was Sarah Parker, Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis having a conversation. And maybe in just like that is these actresses who are now trying to reclaim these roles that have really kind of defined them as performers. But it was really funny when Carrie, after Charlotte says, what is wrong with people saying who they were? Carrie says, some of us don't have that luxury. And I was like, oh God. So just like Carrie just cannot give anybody like anything, you know, no support, yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was probably it, yeah. the most, yeah. uh, the probably the best part of the episode was that picnic scene only because it gave a lot to talk about and a lot to really think about. Um I mean, compared and to I like guess, the beeping in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Miranda went on to DM Che, who has, which I wrote down, 36.7 thousand <laughs> followers on Instagram. So I really hope that she gets that DM. But it like it made me sad for her, though, that she had to, like, go down that avenue. Like she doesn't. Che didn't even give you her number. She's just like, DM me. It like shows you where you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are nothing to her. I will finger you, but I will not finger your like smartphone and type my number. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I don't really want to see you again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I know. It makes me worried. And if you worry, I, I don't know. Gilly, if you've started watching the sneak peeks from sneak peeks from next week's episode, I, but I think sne- I might have. The sneak peek does <laughs> the trailer does address that where Miranda and ends up saying to Che, Che's like, "What's wrong, Miranda?" And then Miranda says, "Like you never responded to me." So now I think, <gasps> yeah, I think oh. Miranda had a DM that just like <laughs> got like a pocket veto, you know, just like was ignored and just like left for the wayside. Now we can now now the millennials and Gen Zers can connect, truly connect with the boomers here. <laughs> exactly. But I I was really surprised in this scene how quick Miranda was to dismiss the level of an affair because of what happened oh, in the movie point. with Steve and the coworker who he I think he had sex he with had an affair. once. Yeah, he had an affair and not only mm. was it it, and it felt less of an affair, but more of a a sexual, a physical sexual encounter that obviously was cheating. Whereas what Miranda is bordering on is it's like an emotional, like a Miranda is emotionally yeah. invested at this point, fantasizing yes. and whatnot. So, but she didn't seem that apologetic, but maybe because who she's becoming is more important than who she was yeah. in honoring that with her and Steve. I, I don't know. It's a, I mean, yeah. I don't think that you're excused from hurting your no. partner who you made a vow to, but I think that it is. No, I agree. Complicated, but I wish I did see a little bit more guilt involved from. I'm surprised Miranda's she character. doesn't, but it seems like their marriage has been kind of over for a while. Like they're not sleeping together. They're just roommates essentially. So they don't really have much of a marriage. Like it seems I like know. if she told Steve, like, honestly, I don't think you'd be that upset about it. But like, oh, yeah, but st- I'm not yeah. saying it's right, but, but like, it, it's, it's clear like they're not in a happy marriage. 
Yeah. I feel guilty for being like 10 minutes late to like meeting up with drinks for somebody. So like, I just would have liked to see her. A little remorse. Yeah. It's not even just like, oh, I want to see her like, like, because I feel bad about Steve. It's mostly, I just want to like see that the complexity of guilt, like intertwined with making decisions for how you want to live the rest of your adult life. Like I, I want to like see more of the like inner turmoil. I think that's mostly it. Yeah. Cause I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that if they've had a spouse for, you know, decades yeah. and then all of a sudden they want to date the opposite sex and you have to completely change your life. And that must be tough. I, yeah, I've, I've thought about that and I've, um, there were some like Reddit, back to Reddit, but I mean, I love Reddit so much. And there were stories of women who their husbands have left them and then ended up being, and they're not non, non-binary, they're, they're gay and really never wanted to be with them. And it's just, there's a level of cheating when it's mm-hmm. with the opposite sex. And then when it's same sex, there's a level of, it feels like, did I, did I not know you this whole time? Were you ever really real with me? And so it's interesting what Miranda said in this episode that we talked about, I think, um, like, was Miranda ever interested in men? Did all those relationships not mean anything? And I think they did. I think Miranda is yeah. really queer. And I think that means that she's not gay. She's a She per- just hasn't explored yeah, this exactly. other part of her. So it is, yeah. it is interesting. It's cool that the show is bringing this up because it really did a terrible job representing the spectrum of sexuality when it aired back in, you know, the early aughts. So there, I think they are redeeming themselves in some way, but um, in fact, just that this show is so funny. It's going to lead me to talking about Diwali and why they included <laughs> <Of> <laughs> about being inclusive. And it's just, um, I don't know. So we could, that that's a whole other plot point with Carrie, this episode that I find really, really interesting. I just loved in the store when uh, Carrie like asked permission and it they just the uh, script made sure to clarify it is okay that Carrie is wearing a sari even though she's not Indian it's not cultural appropriation it was just like they were trying so hard to cover their tracks and make sure it's, that yeah, it's cultural everything is buttoned appreciation, up appreciation appreciation <laughs> so something Gilly and well, I have talked yeah. about on the podcast before is how this show exists in a world without holidays like this the universe that <laughs> MJK yeah. and SJP have created is holidayless except like New Year's Eve, and yet the first holiday. I don't that, think I've even seen New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve was in the, is- New Year's Eve was in the movie when she's like, "You're not alone. You're not alone at okay. midnight," and she like runs to Miranda. Anyway, I just love the <laughs> okay. first holiday they include is fucking Diwali. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that annoys yeah. me is that they had they even had to distinguish cultural appropriation versus appreciation. I think it's really important. Um, I think that there are a lot of people, especially on the internet, who think that they're all like intellectually superior and are constantly pointing things, fingers at things that are culturally, you know, appropriating. But there is cultural appreciation. There's cultural exchange. But I think 
that <laughs> what's actually ironically most offensive about that whole little like line in the script is that you know a white person wrote that line for an Indian person. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. like, you know an Indian person wouldn't give a fuck if their friend wanted to wear a sari. <laughs> right? Know? Like how many times have you seen like friends when they're at like traditional Indian weddings? Like it's expected that you wear a sari and it's yeah. not, con- you don't have to have this whole thing like am I appropriating it's like no you're not just fucking wear it and an Indian person wouldn't be like don't worry an Indian person would be like put this shit on right now <laughs> you're gonna look great it just it's so I'm just the whole time was thinking about the office the Diwali celebration where <laughs> yeah, Michael totally. wears the costume and, and um, his Carol has the cheerleader I thought you said this was a costume party <laughs> <laughs> The Festival of Lights. She's very fair. <laughs> she is fair. <laughs> oh, man. We always have to have a, like an office reference. Um, but what did you guys think of Carrie's sari and her outfit for Diwali? Very. I thought the. Fl- so I don't know if this is traditional or just Carrie being Carrie, but I thought her flower mohawk was interesting. I don't know if that is tr- a traditional Indian hairdo. I'm just going to guess that it's probably not and it was her like little Met Gala spin on the whole situation. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. She dresses as if it's the Met Gala. Um, I know. Yeah, that probably was. Well, I think there's one thing to like wear sorry and then there's one thing to be like hmm, you've now taken it too far my lady. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. So I don't know. I thought that was um, uh, yeah, but I thought her outfit actually looked quite beautiful and the colors were stunning um i thought sjp looked yes. really beautiful in this episode and it was interesting that they brought up yeah. the botox and plastic surgery yeah and really addressing aging in this episode because these are yes. all things that we've talked about um on the so pod. i kind of liked this part of the episode i mean granted i think and just like that could have done pretty much everything better but i really do like that they talked about um work like all sorts of work. Um, obsessed with the Jonathan Groff cameo. Um, love Jonathan Groff. I love him. What's he from? Glee. He's from um, Mindhunter. He's from Frozen. Yes. Okay. Knew he looked yes. familiar. He was from okay. that show on HBO Looking. So that. Yes. Yeah, he the, was on that the too. The I love group him. of gays in San Francisco, video game designers. Yeah. He was super cute yes, on that I show. Have a, I have a crush on him. But I... Um, yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting. <laughs> so I get okay, so just to backtrack, Anthony um had created like a consultation and was gonna bring Stanford along with him, but Stanford's now like a wall, and so he brings Carrie and basically Jonathan Groff is like, Oh, you don't need a facelift. And then he looks at You're Carrie. Hot. You know, that's what he says. Yeah, he's like, you're hot, like, like you're Italian. Do doctors say that to patients? That was, I was like, I don't know if you can say that. Is that yeah. a professional? I, I, might, yeah, I and, might like yeah. it. I don't know. Oh, I would be into it. Yeah. and then, I would, but I don't know. It doesn't seem professional, but no. um, but then he looks at Carrie and he's like, yeah, you could use a facelift <laughs> or a half lift. <laughs> What is a yeah? First of all, how insulting is that? So insulting. And you could see her face. She was kind of waiting to just kind of. She was doing the thing like I don't know if I remark need yeah. anything. I look tired. She's he's like yeah, you look tired. You know, just like completely yeah. gave her all of the like. Well, okay, so yeah. what's a half lift? All right, let me do some half ass research. One second. 
<laughs> we're gonna type away. Is um, there a half? I'm assuming it's maybe like threads, just a little bit of a pulling. What are threads? Okay. Threads are teeny little, like little threads that they're put in to tighten within oh. the muscle. Yeah, and they, it's just a yeah, a tiny, like generally, like kind of do you have your to, eyes. Is do you have to go like under anesthesia to do it, or do they just like put novocaine yes. all over your face? Or? Oh, actually, I don't know. Okay, so a, a half lift is called a mini facelift, and it's a modified okay. version of a traditional facelift. So in the mini version, a plastic surgeon uses small incisions around your hairline just to help lift the lower half of your face. So it's really addressing the, like, sagging kind of skin, mm. which is interesting because he said to her, your issue is hollowing, right? Yes. Yes. So I don't know if I trust his doctoring now. I don't know. Just to backtrack, I mean, I have not seen a plastic surgeon, but I guess there is um, two different kinds of like agers and you can either sag or hollow or I would imagine both. And um, I guess Sarah Jessica or like Carrie's character is a hollower, right? Yeah. So then that would be treated if you wanted to address whatever natural process of aging, it would be filler and bringing oomph and volume back to the face. Whereas a facelift would then address more quote unquote saggers who need to kind of have the skin be pulled and lifted. Uh, Yeah. Would you guys do the 3D consult? That they had oh, on there. Yeah. I would not now. <laughs> Certainly not now. I don't not now, but in like 10, 20 years. Yeah. yeah. I would see see what they say. It would make me so are. sad if I got it now. I know. You none of us need it right now. We're fine. No. We're fine. Yeah. And I I definitely, you know, I started doing Botox back in August and I really, really like it. And they said when I first got it, because I've gotten it twice now that once you start getting it, it's so difficult to stop because you really like how you look without it. And you like all the lines yeah. here are gone. But, um, you know, I can't. Like, so do they disappear? Is it because yeah, you're just. Yeah, I have no at- lines up here anymore. Nothing. So they're not. Per- so the lines weren't permanent. Yes. Ever. I had not they had were, enough. They were. Okay. Um, like, because really the Aging. lines happen because of the movement in your face. You're expressive. And then yeah. it causes the creasing. But they that's why they call it like preventative Botox, right? Because you're you're stopping yeah. those mu- muscle movements. So you're not getting the creasing. And so like even here and here, I've gotten it. Yeah. Um, the 11s. The 11s. They point but out I the told show. them last time I really didn't want a lot in here because I want to be able to go like this. Yeah. yeah and move my yeah. face. And But you can yeah. see how addictive it must be when you get older and you start seeing what Carrie oh, says. She's like, Oh, I remember her. I remember that girl, you know? Uh, and it's, yep. And there must be, I, I do believe in doing these things to make us feel better, but I also like that the end of the episode with Carrie not doing anything and, um, really yeah, coming to like, I've liked my life. I've liked the past 15 years. All everything on my face is because I've lived and like all the lines I have are because yeah. I've, you know, had a good expressive life, but. And plastic surgery is the metaphor, I guess, for like rewriting the past 15 years or unwriting mm-hmm. the past 15 yes. years. And those years were when big finally like. Got stopped, shit together. Yeah, it stopped being such a dick and like ended up dating her. So she's like, keep those lines. Keep those lines. I earned every fucking I need one. to keep the memories. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, but. So anyway, I thought the something about Anthony in particular, and this actually leads me to another carry yeah. tracker, is Ooh. when, and I think I mentioned this earlier in, um, in the pod where 
Carrie, Anthony calls her because he's like, I need help. Like, I need you to talk me up the ledge. I'm going to go do this facelift. And then she's like, no, I need help. I've got a beeping in my apartment. And it was just like, oh, yeah. so ridiculous. Oh, always, always. And then I love it that Anthony was able to like, I don't have time for your like nonsense of your kitchen. Yeah. He's one of the only characters that calls her out on the spot. Pushes back. Yeah. So interesting yeah. duo with Anthony and Carrie. They're getting a lot of screen time with each other. Yeah. Another on the same note kind of carry tracker with Anthony is when they were touring her new apartment and he said it didn't feel right doing it in the same bed as with Stanford. And she was like, did it feel right sharing that with me? I was like, Carrie, he didn't share anything graphic. Are you sex shaming? Yeah, him? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? I totally missed and that he was one like, then. And then he was like, buckle up, princess. I'm rebounding. I was like, good for him. <laughs> like, yeah. fucking deal with it. I'm going to share my sex life. And I like, think, oh, wow. Just don't what decade is this? I yeah. totally missed that line. So, Jen, that is such a good carry tracker. Yeah, this had a ton of carry trackers in this. Um, and, God, I'm looking at the other plot points, and I think... Mike, I've got a carry oh, tracker. Tell me. And I don't even know if it's a real carry tracker, because our carry tracker, for any new listeners hopping on, is for when Carrie's being selfish or manages somehow to bring the conversation back to her, um, is... <laughs> Watching her use a salt shaker was disturbing. I'm just gonna And it was that. interesting when she was cracking, she was like, not too much salt, not too much salt. I was wondering if that was in reference to she just her husband just died of a heart attack and she's now conscious of having salt. I so I think and, it was a yeah. throwback to the first Sodium. episode when they're making that salmon dish together. Yes, it is. Right? Yeah. And I think he maybe mentions something about the, the salt. one other meal she made is that's the throwback. <laughs> But I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, she was like, there was a lot of times in this episode where she talked to herself randomly. Like when she was in her yeah. old apartment, she's like, this isn't working. And I was like, who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny because they also had that, you know, the California olive oil, like, yes, that, like square yes. bottle or product that, placement. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a product placement because they kept hiding mm. it. But I know because it's in my kitchen right now that that was the California extra virgin olive oil. Yes. And I was like, you guys can't eat. You guys got Peloton in here. You can't even just support some fucking California <gasps> olive oil. Like, come on. That's like, hilarious. I, I love it. Small they, call out. But, they might have yeah. asked uh, and uh, their uh, thing might have been removed. I have a friend. I won't say what brand, but she worked for a clothing line or she interned there. And the Kardashian, someone was wearing a shirt that had like the logo on it. And they asked for permission to like use the logo and um, the company asked them to blur it out. So on the show, I won't say who, but someone is wearing a shirt and the logo is blurred out. Oh, so interesting. maybe the olive oil company didn't want to be associated oh. with them. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. That is very, very interesting. I, I do have to say that speaking of like Carrie talking to herself, like I miss the narration by Carrie in like, I, I don't really understand. Like I feel like we're watching like, a like 10 part movie because yeah. the actual Sex in the City series had Carrie being like, and while Samantha was XYZ, uptown, Miranda was doing a different kind of XYZ. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You're right. I and I miss that because yeah. there was rhythm and pace to the show and things happened fast. And now we're just staring at Carrie trying to find a beeping noise in her apartment. Did we find out what it was? No, she just decides no. to sell the apartment. <laughs> I 
note oh on God, the beeping when she calls maintenance and they're like, oh, tomorrow I would be like, I'm she's probably paying thousands of dollars a month in maintenance fees. I'd be like, at least send up someone. There's more than one person on duty now. Someone to take a look at it. I know. Um. Also, Carrie has somewhere to live. She has her old, amazing apartment. She does, which it looks like she went back to. But which just is maximalist. On her <laughs> yeah. alone, I thought it was interesting how in a lot of the old Sex in the City, they're like out on the town and on dates. And now that she's older, they're showing her just home, cooking dinner alone. And I thought that was nice because it is realistic mm, yes. of someone of her age or any I mean any age but yeah, yeah and, was, and Miranda's obsessive masturbation is like super realistic I mean maybe I don't know with Brady outside the door where she's basically oh! like orgasming and like you know so don't forget cringe. your mouth to the homework and it's just like oh god I don't know just can you put the vibrator can you just turn it off for a second while you talk to your kid you can pause it might be better too to prolong this thing you know what I mean <laughs> what's the rush yeah I that was ridiculous. So I'm really curious what you guys think about including a, we rarely see, and again, I'm comparing it to Sex and the City. I know, and then just like that is a completely different show at this point, but the law yeah. professor is having her own oh, plot yeah. point. That yeah. for not that long yeah. of an episode, she's getting, you know, five minutes of airtime of just her plot. And I'm curious, mm-hmm. is this because there's going to be a season two and she's going to be like a longstanding oh, character? That's interesting. Like, what is this? Why are they doing this? Um, is it? I don't know. I mean, she's an interesting character, I've- but. I think it's very relevant, especially this day and age. So many women have trouble conceiving. So I think it's a very relatable plot point to have. And so many women go through this and you have your friends that are getting pregnant just so easily. And that that dinner was so cringe and that couple was so insensitive. And (sighs) when they announced it and the husband was like, dude, you got to catch up. I was like, you know, they're struggling. Like just the things he said, it was so insensitive. And yeah, I'm sure that's what a lot of people go through. And the fact that it was her, like, just to backtrack, like, uh, the character, I can't even remember her name, but she's basically saying like, oh, every time we get with Fertile Myrtle, she just has to bring everything back to her children. And so then, little do we know, she, Fertile Myrtle is on, is pregnant with a third child. Yes, and I thought, I understand that yes, sort of and I also get brief. it when certain people talk about, not even what bugs me is, would there, I would love to hear about your kids. But when you talk about like your nieces and nephews, and that's great, would love updates, but the minutia of what they did and you spend like 15 minutes of like, oh, they grabbed the ball. And then they said, Baba. And I had this colleague and I would just be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I got to jump on a call. And just some yeah. people are so annoying. And it's like, dude, like you don't, you're 40 and like all of these people are in their mid twenties. They don't need a 20 minute conversation <laughs> about what some like two year old did. I, well, that's their life. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, but like, I know no, I, mean, I probably do that about my kids. dog. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> my dog my is dog. different. Cece's amazing. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> something interesting. We, we, we talked about this earlier about Cynthia Nixon really kind of putting her life into the character of Miranda now and something yes. about, Kristen Davis and Sarah Jessica Parker is that they both have very different parenting journeys. So I'm really curious about them including IVF and adoption because Kristen Davis, both of her two children are adopted and Sarah Jessica Parker did a surrogacy. So they've they've oh. really had non-traditional um, ways of becoming a parent. So it's interesting that they're including this plot within it because I know 
Charlotte's character went through infertility yep. issues and fertility issues. But we and didn't really we didn't really hear about no, it. and they. I didn't mean, we heard do... about her emotional struggle, but not really like the physical. Yeah, and I being think hopped up on hormones struggle exactly. So I again, I think, and just like that, is trying to redeem itself for the plot points that they really didn't fully um, explore and give. Um, a lot of space for. So yeah, just it's curious that so much of the actors and producers now lives are being really seeped into these characters and this plot points. Maybe it's therapeutic art at this point. I don't know. Yeah. A note on Charlotte's plot points. There's a saying, God only gives you what you can handle. And Charlotte's big problems are her kids don't want their her Madame Alexander dolls and they want to paint over their hand-painted murals in their bedroom. And that is so upsetting for her. Yeah. And I just thought that was really funny. And given those murals, no teenage girl would want that. No. It's very childish. No. no. So girly. And it was yeah, very childish. I, I yeah. liked that uh, Charlotte had that moment where she corrected herself and said, like, all right, all right, my love, no, but right, my girls. Then she's like, my kids. And so she's, and I think misgendering is such a, it, it happens, right? Like, it's just like, we're going to do it. It happens. And so she corrected herself, but something that in the terms of like gendering and identity and pronouns, that was so funny. This episode was when uh, they're at the picnic table and Miranda says, like, um, everything about them made me feel alive. And then Charlotte says, what, them? There was more than one. Multiple. <laughs> <is>, yeah. <laughs> that was a great, great, great scene uh, or, or a line that they said, which is so true, because sometimes using they or them is just from a grammatical gram, grammatic standpoint is kind of challenging. I know my mom is such a grammar, like kind of snob sometimes. And that was like, I don't understand how to use that correctly. But so I thought that was good that the episode pulled that. So I have a, just to wrap up, because I think we've read, like we've hit a lot of the points. Yeah. Um, oh, but Jen's I, got something though. Yeah. Well, real quick, I have a note, which is there's at one point where like at the end of the episode where Miranda is in the laundry room of her brownstone and I was afraid we were going to relive Steve's shit-stained underwear oh. in that moment. I was so stressed out. Okay, Gilly, same thing. I was like, this is going to be a repeat of Skid Mark Steve. Yeah, I was like, no! I don't remember that, and I'm glad I don't. Yeah, and then, um, but it was interesting that they had her in the laundry room folding a man's underwear while she's then yeah. texting Che or, or feeling the yeah. desire to. Yeah. Yes, that's an interesting point. So I saw... Um, NSF, a drag show. It was like Sex and the City live, and it was like all drag, and it was amazing. And Steve, they like, you know, they were just like obviously parodying all sorts of, you know, notable things that's happened in Sex and the City. And they like pulled from like the skid marks scene, and they like that was the grand finale. It was they really like, like showed Steve's giant skid marked underwear at the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's absurd. That's so, <laughs> so funny. Oh my god. Okay, just a very minor thing. When Charlotte and Carrie went to Carrie's storage unit, and there is the sea of unmarked boxes, she supposedly hired movers that move Picassos. And nothing is labeled. I that just like really got to me, and it was so unrealistic. And just I yeah. 
could. Yeah, the the storage scene, like that unit must cost a fucking fortune. You have so <laughs> yeah. much stuff, and yet you had like a random hat on top. Like it just didn't didn't make sense yeah, at all. Yeah. But good friend Charlotte yeah. coming to help when with her little I like know. you know box that was openers. hard to watch. To be honest, yeah. um, just watched so, her be like used and abused. <laughs> Zoe on um, Instagram DM'd me the uh, article from the Cut called uh, "Steve Deserves Better." And it was looking at, you know, we, you know, Steve was a really beloved character on this show, particularly for Miranda. And it's just interesting that like why he's been kind of written out. Right. And that he's now going deaf at an unhappy marriage and is getting cheated on. (laughs) I I know. I know. Um, Okay. So, yeah. yeah, I know we're wrapping up. So. Can I share one funny thing from the Reddit thing that I found? Okay. Of course. All right. Always. So there was this post saying it was a genuine question. It's labeled discussion on Reddit. So the person wants to talk. And they oh said, God. okay, how many of you have a non-binary friend, gay male friend, questioning female friend, black civil rights professor, and transgender child all in your friendship circle? I'm just wondering <laughs> because I don't know anyone with this much diversity in their circle. Does this reboot represent a rhetorical reality? Like this person was actually asking, like, do we, do people have all these type of friends? <laughs> and I thought it was kind of interesting because, like, I don't have that at all. I don't know anyone who has that level of diversity, but the show is like like really trying to just check all the boxes. They are. I feel like if you lived maybe in a super progressive neighborhood in New York and your kids were in school and that was then that really expands your social circle when you have kids yes. and their friends. Maybe, but I think that's a really funny point because it is it is unrealistic to have that diverse of a friend group. Yeah. I have just check all of the boxes. I just find it funny that these women went from being like so close-minded to like radical acceptance and now they have all of this in their lives. Like it just is not realistic. I One know. of the funniest memes I've seen is the most unrealistic thing about sex in the city is four white women get together all the time and they never talk about their antidepressants or the medication. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> That's so true. Prozac over here. Prozac uh, over here. All right, there we go. <laughs> well, Butrin over yeah, there. That's, that, that and is. I know, as well. I know. And it's something that I, I actually thought about this la- in last week's episode is do women over a certain age, and I hate mentioning my mom after this, but I will. I need to ask her, like, do because she has female friends. Like, do you talk about being old a lot? Like, do you all are you always just like kind of cracking jokes at yourself about being old? Maybe I don't know. Um, I'm really. I think that yeah. you have like other fish to fry, but it's. I'm sure it's a punchline because it sounds like it's a punchline a lot of the time with like middle aged women. Yeah, I feel like it's always like. Oh, I would do that if I could fit into it, you know? But yeah, I right? don't think that they are, like, fussing over it that much. I think that they're probably fussing over, like, some other boomer shit. Like, I don't know, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, Jen, what are some fashion call-outs you have for this episode? Oh, my God, she's fashion roadkill. The one of the... Uh, outfits I really liked is Carrie's maroon suit get up when she was at the plastic surgeons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And I like yeah. it in that that Probably outfit that. had the black um, uh, bodysuit that she wore at a Biggs funeral. You could tell they were re- reusing that piece with the low cut back because she was wearing the black bodysuit underneath. 
Yes. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't catch that. Yeah, there's been some really outfit, some piece repeating in this uh, series, which I which I do like. Gilly, what about you? Any good fashion call outs? So I have a home fashion call out. I loved um, Carrie's like chunky knit space dyed throw that she was all like it's cuddled up you. in. Yeah. On my <laughs> it phone. Was very bright. On my phone, I wrote, <laughs> Gilly, that blanket is you. So yeah. it's so you, it's beyond you. Like you need that it's blanket. beyond. It's beyond. And it's the second time I've seen it on the show. I'm like, I gotta get that throw. I know. I'm gonna look for it for a birthday gift. My Carrie call out fashion is I actually loved her pony necklaces with her plaid shirt at dinner. I'm obsessed yeah. with a fluffy high pony. I can't rock it because I don't have that much hair. Um, and but I love that look of just like a pony that's yes. like big and fluffy, and then like necklaces and her tan. I thought she looked great. So that, that's my yeah my, my fashion call out for Carrie. Yeah. Well, any other notes, Jen? No, that's it for me. Yeah, that's also it for me. <laughs> this was an interesting episode. I'm curious what with our new Tito bottle rating system, what we could, how many do you, how many little mini Titos could you, would you need to get through did this you episode? Need, did you need to drink to get through this episode? So to clarify, five Titos means it was awful. One Titos means it was good. Yes. It was bearable, yeah. Bearable. I might give it was one, one and a half. Yeah, like one and a half. It's not, it wasn't an amazing episode. But as far as I didn't need to drink to get through it. Yes. I agree. It was, for me, it was two Tito's bottles. I mean, nothing really stood out as far as direction goes by Cynthia Nixon. Um, But I think it was just, it was kind of another like filler bridge episode and it was tolerable. <laughs> yeah, I, um, this is, I mean, we've been saying this in the podcast for now a year now. We're like, guys, it's getting somewhere. It's getting good. You know, we're always like, it's there. I'm like, it does it ever get there? Just you wait. Just you wait. Oh, Can't wait but till we're at I'm Burger. I'm really, really excited for next week's episode. And I can't believe I'm even saying right, calm that. Calm down, calm no, down. Because Carrie starts meeting somebody. Oh. So I actually, this was a point that I was going to make is that she paid out of pocket for the hot physical therapist. And I thought three months later, then they were going to have a thing and that would be in this episode, but they didn't bring him up at all. So maybe he, it doesn't make an appearance and she just paid out of pocket for someone that's easy on the eyes. I I think so. Or they're trying to like give us something to wait for. Yeah. I don't know. I think with the (laughs) the guy that she's watching the trailer for next week, the guy looks kind of like burger, but like a silver fox burger. He's just like an average handsome looking guy. Um, so the trailer would was love to know watch. where Burger is in 2021. Also, would is love Aiden to gonna come on? Isn't he listed He's on the show? He's going to. Yes, he is. <gasps> okay. I saw paparazzi photos that he was filming. I've never seen those. And I love looking Got for it. those. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, this was a great episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And Jen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. It's fun to be on a podcast that I'm a big fan of. And before we let Jen go, which character do you identify with? In Sex and the City, not in Just Like That. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or if you want. I would say I've, I, you know, identify with each of them like a little bit. Like I've definitely had my delusional carry moments, like when you're young and dumb and naive. (laughs) But I'm, I identify as a Miranda. I don't know if we've ever had anybody say they're a Samantha. Maybe because Samantha is just such like a ridiculous character. Um, Yeah. 
But I think all of like Charlotte and Samantha, they're just extremes of personality. Yes. And and so is Carrie. And even I would say Miranda's probably the one that's not quite as an extreme of a certain type of personality. Yeah. So I think everyone is like maybe like a little has like a little bit of each of the characters in them. Absolutely. Maybe some like more an except everyone's like on the spectrum. What Harry Potter house are you in? Good question. Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. That's a good house. <laughs> That's a really nice house. And you and Solid honestly, house. there are people who when they say it, they, they're like, I know it. I know it. I, there's no doubt that you will question my <laughs> Ravenclaw. Like Heather says, it, she's like, I'm Ravenclaw. I like, I don't question it, lady. I know it. I'm not going to say I am. You know? <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> um, all right. Well, this is the Miranda's pod. Jen, thank you so much for coming on. You were so fun. <laughs> so you. great. And um, we will see you next week for episode seven of And Just Like That.